You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins and That Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Now, your Miami Dolphins are coming off uh, a narrative-busting, self-validating 22-20 win over the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Uh, Miami uh, driving down late uh, and off the foot of Jason Sanders, his 29-yard field goal. The Dolphins got their 11th win of the season, clinched the playoff berth for the second consecutive season, uh, and inch just even closer uh, to securing their first AFC East title since 2008. Uh, it was a very big win for the Dolphins, a playoff-type atmosphere at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, but they've got an even bigger game coming up. Uh, this sets up uh, New Year's Eve this Sunday in Baltimore facing uh, the AFC AFC leading Baltimore Ravens uh, with really everything on the line as it pertains to uh, postseason seeding with the Ravens win, the Dolphins have clinched uh, the first round by and hopefully advantage throughout uh, the playoffs. When the Dolphins win, uh, they'd be in the driver's seat uh, to have home field advantage throughout the postseason, um, as well as to clinch the AFC East. Uh, they would just need uh, a win in Buffalo to make sure that they are the top seed entering the postseason. So a lot at stake entering uh, the Week 16 game against Dallas. Really, uh, it, was, it was actually a very big win in hindsight because, uh, you know, they stayed within one game of the Ravens. Um, I think, well, the Ravens were underdogs. I thought they were going to lose in Santa Clara, but we saw uh, on Monday night that dominant performance they had against the 49ers, looking like they might be the best team in the AFC, but in the NFL, frankly, but the Dolphins will I have something to say about that this Sunday for sure. Um, but again, that win keeps them within kind of striking distance of the number one seed. Um, and again, everything is on the line more or less this weekend. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about, um, a lot of injuries to monitor as well, storylines. But we're going to start with uh, the Cowboys game. Uh, both you and I picked uh, the Dolphins. So when you were a little less conv- a little less conviction in your pick, I thought it was going to yeah. be more of a higher scoring game. Uh, ended up being kind of a, a rock fight, a back-and-forth game. It's 22-20. to 20. Um, These were two of the best uh, defenses in the NFL, and that's what we saw play out. Um, it looked like kind of a familiar script, an old script, uh, from just two weeks ago, uh, when the Dolphins were leading 19 to 10 entering the fourth quarter, Dak Prescott leads uh, the Cowboys down for a go-ahead touchdown drive. Uh, but there's 3:27 left, more than enough time. Uh, the Dolphins got up to a good start with a face mask penalty. Tua drew the uh, drove them down the field with some key conversions, uh, and they were able to run the clock down before uh, what was really a chip shot uh, for Jason Sanders, especially uh, getting some <laughs> kicks he made. You know, three 50 yarders, career long 57. I mean, the 29 was just kind of like right up the middle. Uh, that was nothing for him. But again, um, a really big win uh, because this was a team that we talked about it 
Um, they couldn't avoid the talk during the week. Their struggles against teams with winning records. They entered the game 0-3, but they got uh, a real, a real satisfying and validating win. Uh, so they can kind of put that uh, behind them. I, I mean, again, we both picked the Dolphins to win. Um, the manner in which they 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 won maybe wasn't what we expected, but I thought it was a really impressive win. Um, because this time of the year, like these from now, I mean, really starting from the Tennessee game, but especially this three game stretch that we were talking about for weeks and weeks on end, um, this is playoff type football. And you can more or less say like these are playoff games, especially um, given the seeding that's at stake for the Dolphins. Um, and, and it's not going to be perfect. You know, you're, you're not going to score 40 points. You're not going to score 30 points uh, like we've seen throughout uh, the first half of the season. And for them to kind of weather the ebbs and flows, um, you know, obviously the offense kind of uh, kind of you know, sputtered at times. We saw some issues in the red zone, in the goal line. Um, but for them to, you know, you know, really control that game, especially in the second and third quarter. And then, so, you know, obviously they kind of put their foot on, on the Cowboys next. And that's just not going to happen against good teams. They're going to make their plays. But for them to kind of weather those those uh, those swings, um, that was really impressive. And, and we saw, you know, what I thought was a really smart game plan from Mike McDaniel. I thought he had a lot of answers for the pass rush of the Cowboys. Um, and then on defense, you know, again, a slow start. It looked like the Cowboys were ready to kind of – you know, lean on the, the Dolphins for much of that game, especially with the start that CeeDee Lamb made. But we saw the defensive line step up. Uh, so it was a really impressive win. Uh, and obviously we're going to talk about the Ravens game in the second half. Um, but now it's like, all right, kind of like Tariq said, you, you scratch that off, now you get to go on the road and really prove that you are maybe the not only the AFC's best team, but the NFL's best team. What were your thoughts uh, on that win? Uh, I thought it was, a, it was a very interesting game because it started off like, you know, kind of like a – tennis match between two big servers you know here the cowboys drive down and you know they fumble on the uh inside the five which really that that's kind of the i mean both teams had their failures you know in that those goal line situations um you know the dolphins go for it on fourth down and you know uh, mike mcdaniel you know he he is not immune to the to the virus that strikes coaches of uh you know Let's do let's do that one option, you know, that one option thing. And you throw they throw that fade. Um, yeah, yeah. They but, might have to, they might have to scratch that out the playbook because it, yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. has not worked since week one against the Chargers, and they they and still keep it, on going. It, to it. I, I never understand that. It's, you know, it's okay. It's the, the hugest play of the game. Let's go with let's go with something that gives our quarterback like pretty much one option to do. You know, and to to stop. It just uh, not, anyway. Uh, you know, the Dolphins got down there. They didn't score. Cowboys got down there. They didn't score. Um, both teams, you know, and then finally the defense has got, got settled down and uh, it just kind of turned into this even uh, slugfest. And, you know, you in these kind of games, you get the win in ways from maybe you don't expect. I mean, who would have thought the Dolphins would win if, with a touchdown and five field goals? Yeah. And and not not just five field goals, but – Long, like they needed long every field every field one of <laughs> every one of that three yeah, yeah. those were some long field field goals. Goals. yeah and that's a tremendous a tremendous effort uh you know by your kicker uh you know like you said the the, the game winner is probably the least the least impressive all they all you had to do was get the snap and get it down and he was going to put it through uh I, I i but it was a it was a good game where to you know where they 
they they bounced back. They had to keep bouncing back. There wasn't just one momentum push or one swing. It was there were several. Um, you know, even to the point where okay, you get the field goal, make it seven six. I'm sure it's ah, you know, you need you want more. You're wanting more. You're wanting more, and then uh, you go up thirteen seven. You know the the CD Lamb touchdown could have been a you know could have been a sw- big swing and. I, you know, they responded every time there was one of those plays. You know, everybody, they, you know, it was like everything was traded, it felt like, in that game. You know, they traded bad calls for, you know, bad roughing the passer calls. You know, the Christian Wilkins call was awful. The Michael Parsons call was awful. Um, and so, you know, I think it was a good, it was, you know, it was the type of game you want to see your team win. Uh if you're a coach or a player, you know, who, you know, you want to have confidence that you can win these kind of games against a very good team, which, you know, the Cowboys, you know, sometimes they don't look so great, but that is overall a, you know, I'd, I'd say they were a very good team. Definitely not great. Definitely not just good. You know, they're very, they're tremendous talent and, uh, you know, good on the Dolphins for winning that game. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it does kind of break their break the narrative, and it gets it out of their heads. Okay, they can win that kind of game against that level of team, and you know, obviously they you know they can do it at home. Well, this week, you know, now, you know, if they do it on the road this week, not only does it put them in a good position for home field advantage, but it also puts them in a position of okay, well, you know, if we don't have home field advantage, you can still do that. You can still come out on top. Um. I think the, you know, I agree. I think a lot of the defensive adjustments were nice. I thought about a lot of the, you know, obviously the pass protection uh, adjustments were, you know, did the job because they did not allow that pass rush to just wreck the game, which Dallas has the type of rush they can just, that can really mess up your whole program. And especially late in the game when uh, you needed to, they really needed to move the ball. They were able to do that. And, um, not have to, you know, deal with, you know, third and 18 or something like that, which, you know, that's the type of pass rush that can put you in those situations late in the game. So, you know, good, good on them. And, uh, you know, let's, let's see what happens this week. Yeah. I mean, you alluded to it before. I mean, it frankly just wasn't the type of game that they had, they had won all season. You know, you, you look back to, you know, obviously the, the blowout and in Buffalo, uh, but then some closer losses to to the Eagles, to uh, the Chiefs, and even the Titans game, right? You know, where you have the ball, excuse me, you have the ball with an opportunity to um, to drive down the field. I mean, they were the past three losses that they that they experienced. They the ball was in the hands of, of of the offense with an opportunity either in the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter to go out with the go ahead or game winning score. Um, and frankly, they just weren't able to do it. Now again, that's that's the key thing. You know, it's, it's not moving the goalposts. It's just you know the 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 of the fact of the matter, um, you know, a lot of the games that they experienced these losses were on the road, um, at home, you know, and again, it was, it was a playoff type environment, you know, Dallas Cowboys fans came out in full force and, and, right. it, and it just had, it had that intensity to it. And obviously it's a little different at home, but you, you, again, you do check that off. You don't, you do, you do show that you can do it. And now, um, you know, you get the opportunity again, we're going to talk about it in a second half, but you get that opportunity, um, to go on the road with a defining win. And if you do, I mean, again, you put yourself in position to be at home for the duration of the playoffs where you're 19 and three in your last 2022. 20, um, so as much as this was a, uh, 
a statement, a win. Um, you know, there's even bigger fish to fry the next week, which is why a lot of the, the sentiment was like, hey, this was a great win for us, but we had that confidence in us. All right, that, that's just perfect. Now you get to go out and show it again against a team that a lot of people are saying are the best in the NFL. I think it was also a, a good win against a team that's quarterbacked by a, you know, legit dual threat guy who you can give your, can give your pass rush all kinds of problems. Um, and, you know, just give your defense all kinds of problems. Uh, and, uh, you know, those, those type of quarter, I always hate when somebody says, Oh, dual threat quarterbacks give that team all kinds of problems. Well, dual threat quarterbacks give everybody, everybody problems. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's why, that's why you don't, you know, that's why the, you know, drop back, you know, pocket passer is a whole lot rarer now in the NFL. They're like, okay, well, why would we do, why would we, you know, build our offense about somebody who can do one thing versus somebody who can do two. Yeah. And, um, and you can create a great passer easier than you can, you know, put some mobility on, you know, say, you know, the next Peyton Manning. Um, so, but, you know, obviously Dak Prescott does a very good job of that. And, you know, he, you know, he can create a lot of problems with them, but the, you know, the Dolphins, again, the defense did a very good job. You know, you hold Dallas to 20 points. Yeah. Even though, even, you know, no matter Dallas's record home and away, that that's a really talented team to hold to 20 points. And, you know, they, they made their plays and they got themselves in the position a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a that's again very good, very good preparation for this week going up against uh, you the know, ultimate the best dual threat, the, the ultimate best dual threat, threat guy, you're right out there now, and you know, on his on the on the numbers, you know, possibly ever, uh, it, um, yeah. Yeah, that that stood in there. He was making plays. I mean, that seven, that seventeen play, sixty nine yard drive, um, to, to put them ahead with three twenty seven left. I mean, he was hanging in there, running around, making a lot of plays. But again, like you said, uh, this Sunday you get the ultimate dual threat quarterback in Lamar Jackson, uh, currently the front runner for MVP. And we're going to talk a lot about that matchup uh, as well as the MVP landscape because we had a very interesting game uh, on Monday night on Christmas. Uh, but we're going to take a short break when we come back on the side of things. Like I said. Um, did there an opening for Tua to capture the MVP? He's kind of kind of forgot about it. I've talked about Tua a lot as it pertains to the most valuable player. Uh, but could this Sunday decide the award? Uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, Dolphins, Ravens, give our predictions and break up, uh, break down that game. So stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins and that podcast with David Neal talking all things Dolphins. Now, in the first half, we broke down uh, the Dolphins 
playoff clinching win against the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve. Uh, we got to turn the page, look ahead to really what is the game of the week. Uh, might be the game of the year. Definitely in terms of what's at stake. Uh, it's one of the biggest games of the year. That is Dolphins-Ravens in Baltimore at MT Bank Stadium uh, on New Year's Eve. But before we really get into uh, the actual game, I want to touch on uh, the MVP uh, debate uh, because it took a turn on Monday night, uh, Christmas night, uh, with the Ravens dominating 33-19 win over uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, entering that game, Brock Purdy, 49ers quarterback, was, you know, head, head above everybody uh, in consideration. I, I mean, he was the odds-on favorite, getting minus odds to be named MVP. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying what many <laughs> odds said. Um, but that quickly changed. That quickly changed after a four. And the Greek effect. chorus says, "Why?" <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just saying what the odds said. But that quickly changed after a four interception performance. Uh, he dropped all the way down to fourth, according to some uh, sports books. Tied with Josh Allen, uh, the new front runner for uh, MVP is Lamar Jackson, who already has unanimous MVP uh, in his resume back in 2019, um, followed by Christian McCaffrey. We had a really strong game uh, on Monday night, despite the struggles. Uh, but number three, number three uh, is number one from the Miami Dolphins. That's Tua Tungabaloa. Um, And we haven't really spoken about his MVP candidacy in recent weeks. I think really uh, we're talking about MVP for the Dolphins. We've talked more about Tyreek, uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, because of his record-setting pace before his ankle injury. He was on pace for the first 2,000-yard season. Um, it's still maybe within a reach, but he's going to have to have uh, some pretty crazy games uh, these last two weeks, which is not within was not out of the realm of possibility. But right now, Tua Tungabaloa uh, is number three uh, for uh, embedding odds for MVP. Now, he does lead the NFL in passing yards with 4,214. Uh, let me get these stats right in front of me. Uh, 70.5 completion percentage, 24 total touchdowns, 14 turnovers. I think uh, when talking about Lamar, the thing that people are really pointing out is that he doesn't have the gaudy stats. He doesn't have the counting stats um, that are normally associated with the MVP winners. Um, Lamar's at 66.3% completion percentage, uh, 4,143 total yards. A lot of that is coming from uh, what he's doing on the ground. Like we said, the ultimate dual threat. Um, he has about 800 yards uh, uh, rushing, leading his team in that uh, that stat again. Um, 26 uh, total touchdowns uh, when you factor in, excuse me, 24 total touchdowns when you factor in his uh, his passing and rushing. Um, I may have said it wrong for Tua. Tua has 26 passing touchdowns, zero rushing uh, touchdowns, and they both have 14 turnovers. Um, so very, very comparable stats, comparable stats um, on, in terms of raw, raw statistics. Um, now, we've talked about a lot how this, MB, this MVP award has in recent years been reduced to the best quarterback on the best team. Right now, Lamar Jackson is... Uh, the quarterback of the best teams in the NFL, the best record in the NFL. Um, but uh, we, we've seen how this can flip, the odds can flip, and kind of the public perceptions can uh, flip in uh, in just a matter of, of, of games, game to game. Um, so look ahead to Sunday. This sets up not only as a matchup of two of the best teams in the AFC, but – Potentially a deciding game in terms of the MVP race. What say you about whether this game will or should decide MVP? No, should it? No. 
Yeah. Only two games left. Then again, again, Brock Brock Purdy shouldn't have been a a favorite in the MVP race. I mean, what did every did did people smoke the like the crack that makes you go makes you forget stuff like what happened to him when like Debo Samuel and was it McCaffrey or Kittle when, when a lot of those key guys were out of the 49ers lineup and he looked like a guy who you know he looked like a good <laughs> last pick in the draft but he certainly didn't look like an MVP um I, I think this I think this game will uh you know Voters will look at it because vo- voters are always impressed by what they watch live um, more than anything else. It, it just, you know, just is. It's which is um, that's normal. And uh, I think there'll be a lot of eyes on this game. I think there'll be a lot of people recording this game, a lot of voters recording this game. If they don't, you know, if they're busy. Right, this game, you know, I mean, our, games. Own, our own Barry Jackson, who is great with all the media side of, you know, the, the game. He said like seventy percent of the country is getting this game. So this, right, right. But I'm talking. They're all going to be able to watch the game. I, yeah, I'm talking about people who actually, you know, who vote, who vote on this thing. You know, they're going. You know, there's going to be a lot of them who are going to be busy <laughs> at that time. Also, but they're going to record the game and let's let's watch this. It's going to be one they they watch later if it's either by recording or by like you know when the NFL Network replays it uh, later in the week. They're going to make sure and check it out because this is a chance to see. You know Lamar, you know Lamar Jackson against uh, a defense that is, you know, emerge has emerged as one of the NFL's best since Jalen Ramsey got healthy, really. And it's a chance to see Tua against a team that's, you know, always redoubtable defensively, and you know, in a in a big game on the road, you know, let's let's see if that, you know. That there's that one narrative out there, that butt out there. Let's see if they can, you know, pop that butt. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's. I don't know. If, I don't think it should decide it, but I think it'll go kind of a long way in a lot of people's eyes toward, you know, if if you know if Lamar, if the Dolphins get three or four turnovers out of Lamar and. He has a Brock Purdy two, two a play, <laughs> yeah, two a plays. Like you know, they you know get. I, I, I'm thinking like you know, two interceptions, two fumbles. Um, well, you know, two a maybe those a pick, but also those three four touchdowns. Well, you know, then that I think things will swing a little bit, and it'll go, come down again, again. It'll come down to the last week, um, and but yeah. You know, obviously, if the Dolphins win and Tua plays a large part in that, uh, you know, a thirteen ten win, I don't think does much for the candidacy of either one. I think it kind of keeps everything, freezes everything where it is, status quo holds. Then Lamar still is the favorite going into the final week of the season. But you know, thirty eight thirty five, well, you know, different story, and. So if if two is the reason if the Dolphins win and two is a big reason for it, won't hurt. And uh, you know then we'll see we'll see what happens the last week. You know, I, you yeah, know with my, Buffalo, my with just... Buffalo on, on the with Buffalo on 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 the dock. Um, again, you know the Dolphins 
um, can clinch the division with a win in Baltimore or a, uh, a Buffalo loss, and they play New England, who just you know came away with the big win in Denver. So you know, and they beat Buffalo again. So like, there's a lot, a lot at play. Um, I, I will start by saying that I, I agree with you. I, I never really understood. I understood why Brock Purdy was the front runner for MVP at, to this point. Um, I don't agree with it, but it's just kind of it is what it is. I'm not gonna play Z. <laughs> but I'm not going to get too much into that. I will say though, obviously the, the disastrous game that he had and the very good game that Lamar had, obviously that 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 tipped things a lot. Because like you said, you know, if if Brock Purdy had a had a strong game and maybe only had one interception, or maybe even two interceptions, but he threw a couple touchdowns as well, um, and it was a it was a close loss or a win for San Francisco. I don't think that we've ever seen the odds fluctuate as much. Um, but this is a weird year where we've said it time and time again. No quarterback has run away with the award. No quarterback has had a standout year um, completely above his peers, um, which is why we're even talking about, hey, like, why don't we give it to a non-quarterback this year? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's a possibility depending on how the last two weeks shake out. Um, again, it's been interesting that we haven't talked about Tua as much because, I mean, the raw stats are up there with – um, you know, just about any quarterback in the NFL. The efficiency stats are up there once again with about any other quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think two things have kind of hurt his candidacy up to this point. One, we talked about it before, uh, the season that Tyreek Hill was having. Um, again, like there was a lot of talk about him. And it was definitely picking up steam in recent weeks um, as he was getting closer to that 2,000 mark threshold. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do it now because of that lost game. And I think that the performance that Tua had against the Jets without Tyreek, I think that that, was, that allowed a lot of people to kind of separate uh, Tua from Tyreek, even though it was just one game. I think that that helped a long way. Oh, yeah. The Definitely. second thing that I think has worked against Tua, and it's not necessarily his fault, because, but, but it is a team game, is the Dolphins and, by extension, Tua hasn't played as well in some of these quote-unquote marquee primetime standalone games. So you look back um, to, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles game when they played on on uh, on Sunday night. Tua didn't really have, like, a, a bad game, per se. I thought the offense was kind of, you know, out of whack. And I think Tua actually, actually played decent, but the offense didn't look very good. So that kind of got knocked for that. We all saw the struggles that they had in Germany against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he got kind of knocked for that. And then, obviously, we saw what happened against Tennessee uh, with Tyreek leaving the game, the offense really getting out of sorts. Obviously, Connor Williams uh, was out. He got injured in that game and they had some other injuries as well so i think that that kind of worked out against them but and, been, and the black and the black friday game also I, yeah where he, he throws he throws two picks and but they're able to overcome it so it's like they're not really right. winning in spite of you but in recent weeks he's played very well i don't think he's i don't think he's throwing an interception since the black friday game if i remember correctly don't believe he's throwing an interception since then um he's looked really really good these past couple couple weeks and again th there's no but like the the overwhelming sentiment even now like even like the, today people have been kind of trying to discredit or you know argue against Lamar winning the MVP because he just doesn't have most raw stats and it's hard to kind of quantify I mean I think it's for Lamar especially it's one of those you have to kind of watch the games along with the stats to really to really to really uh yeah. quantify try to quantify his value and, and I, I thought especially in the first half of that uh that that game you know last night on Monday night you really you really saw the difference of one guy who's you know really everything to his team and one guy who you know didn't play as well but he's not really maybe the driving force uh, of that offense. I, I, I think yeah I and this is kind of the problem with uh a lot a lot of awards voting period across across sports is you don't if you don't watch a team enough you really don't get it, it, you just don't get the vibe 
fully from, I mean, it's one thing if somebody has just ridiculous stats, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, um, somebody throws for 5,000 yards, somebody's throwing, you know, 50 touchdowns. But a guy like Lamar, like I, I you watch the Jack, I watched the Jacksonville uh, game. Yeah. And he's doing everything. Yeah. You, you just, and you watch also the, the exasperation he brings in defenders who are just like, no, no, we did it all right. And he still somehow they, you know, he pulled it out or, you know, he, he makes plays that, that other quarterbacks simply cannot make. And that allows Baltimore to be as good as they are. And you, you know, that I think watching him on a, you know, on a, you know, in several games, that's his best argument. It's not the stats. I mean, when he won before, that was a huge statistical year. And you know they were they were buying they were buying far the best team in the regular season as well. So that was like there's a reason why he was unanimous, and there's a reason why it's up in the air up in the air this year. It's interesting because on the surface, I wouldn't like this. This is how I feel about the MVP. I I definitely was like I definitely was like anybody but Rock Purdy. I was definitely like on that train, Um, and I still am. You know, if you want to give it to Christian McCaffrey, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I think Ty- I think the train is probably past Tyreek unless he has a really crazy two game two games to finish the season. And even if he does, that probably means two is having a crazy um, two games to finish the season. I will say, on the surface, I don't think that Tua is more valuable to. And, and I mean, it's splitting hairs because obviously Tua is you know he, he's the conductor. He's the conductor of this train. I don't think that maybe on his face, Tua is um, as I think Lamar is maybe a little bit more valuable to what to the Ravens in terms of what he brings in the run game as well as the passing game, the off script stuff. Um, and bless you, man. I think Tua is. I think Tua. <laughs> that was it, a cough, but thank you. Good you time, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, good health. Um, but you know, I, I think that Tua we've seen, especially last year. Obviously, you're not factoring in last year when he wasn't in there but i think that's it that's partly in people's minds like we saw this offense not look the same with two with two out of the lineup because of injuries and we've seen how it is now with him playing all to this point 15 games um i think that just by like the nature of how the award has been given out if tua does outplay lamar um and the dolphins are able to win and the dolphins are able to win their final two games and secure the one seed um i wouldn't really i wouldn't have a problem with tua winning the mvp because that's because based off kind of the guy, I mean, it's it's so subjective, and and, and it's to the point where I've and said it's, it's to the point where I've said like I'd almost prefer a, a most outstanding player award like college, and then you kind of give out you know awards based off like the best player in its position. Um, I think that that make it a little bit easier, and it, it cut out a little bit the grayness of it. But if you're going by the way that it's been decided in recent years, especially given that no quarterback has you know distanced themselves uh, statistically, I'd be cool if Tua. Formed well the next two games, they clinch the number one seed, have them throw advantage, and the numbers um, are obviously the numbers are going to be among the NFL's best quarterbacks. I'd be cool with that. I think that there's an there's an opening. Um, do I think it's going to happen? Uh, I'm not sure because you know we're about to talk about this game coming up. I think it's going to be a very tough game uh, on Sunday as well as Week 18 in Buffalo, um, which I think that both those teams are going to have a lot to play for regardless. Um, but I think that there's a there's a real opening, especially, you know, the, the nature of the way that the odds switched. And obviously, 
Purdy had a terrible game, but the nature of the way that the odds uh, fluctuated so much after that game, that tells you that it, it's wide open. Because a couple weeks ago, but, Lamar, but, a couple weeks ago, Lamar was like fifth, sixth. Nobody was really talking about him, and now he's the MVP front runner. But also, remember the one thing about odds: odds are also set set to draw betters in. They are not necessarily. I mean, to uh, d- d- to this, they're not. They, they are. They are. They are very predictive, though, they're, especially for for know. these awards. They're very predictive. Right, but you know, they're also there to, you know, to draw to draw better. So that's why they they react very, they react strongly. Uh, you know, the I would like to think that the people who actually do the voting for these awards are not as are a little more knowledgeable, are too knowledgeable to be I so mean, jerk. I don't know a ton of. I don't know. I know some MVP voters, but I don't know. Again, I don't know if. I mean, again, there's no runaway player. So right, they're, they're, you, you, right. Would think, you would think that you would think that the body of work up until week 16 before Monday night's game would have been, you know, you think that people would have taken more consideration to the body of work. But I think that, again, because nobody has really wowed anybody. I think that's why we there is a lot of there, there's still a lot up in there. I don't think that a lot of people who, have their decisions. Who's made this great argument game. for Brock Purdy, though? Who Who is made I mean, the numbers? Are, the production, the production, the production is the production. No, no. Who? Who is who has made these this great argument for? I mean, I'm not. I'm not looking at every single every single. I'm not looking at all. Okay, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. But there's a reason. But there's a reason why he was the betting favorite because the numbers backed it up. And up until Monday night, he was quarterbacking the best team in the NFL, or what we thought was the best team in the NFL. I mean, I know I'm not. I'm not in agreement of it. I I I I do not believe that he is the most valuable player in the NFL. I don't think he's the most valuable player on his team. But (laughs) however, however, he might not make the podium. I'm not Bring saying him. I'm not saying what's right. I'm just saying like what's fact. And in recent years, this is how it's been decided. He had the numbers up until Monday night, and he was leading the best. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying what it is, you know. So with that no, being said, no. that's why I say that there's an opening for Tua, where a lot of people were still saying Tua might not be the best, the the most viable player on his team. But by the way that the the award has been uh, has been given out in recent years. He has an opportunity to be the quarterback of the number one team in the AFC, the number one team in the NFL. That's why I think that there's a wide open opportunity for him starting on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think there is a wide open opportunity for him. But I still think, I think that I'd like to think. Well, I'd hope that voters are still clear eyed enough to do. A body of work thing, and it, on that, he, you know, you might still vote for Tua on the, on that, but it, you know, it, we, you know, building these things up into swing games and everything. I think some of I, I just, I think some of it is just kind of, I don't know, it, it it's it's nice, but it feels very lazy. It, it feels it feels. I mean, we we. And, we, and I, we... <laughs> And, and, and no, I, and I don't like lazy. I'm sorry. I don't like DoorDash. I don't like Uber Eats. <laughs> I, I'm not, I ain't crazy about Amazon. But I love some Amazon. You, you know, I'm sorry. I love, I, I love convenience. I, I'll get my, I'll get in my car and drive a little bit. And you know, Jeff Bezos does not need any more money from me. Somebody. Um, hey. Um, and uh, so I, I just, but I. I just think it's, you know, it makes for a nice, t- it makes for a nice touchdown, a nice landmark. Um, 
So, and it'll be interesting to, you know, it's interesting because it's, again, you're talking about the quarterbacks facing, again, two quality and a quality defense on the other side. And so let's, you know, kind of let's see what happens. If, if neither quarterback is the reason his team wins or loses, Sure, then, McCaffrey might, might might come in and scoop the award. Who knows? Or you know, but then then like I say, I think it I think it kind of winds up staying where it is, and then that will almost force people to again go, okay, well let's look at the se- season. It, in my opinion, uh, I think Lamar ja- the the Ravens lose so much without Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I just I just think they're it's not just they're not the same team. I they're not. They're they're suddenly like you know I don't know they're like the Raiders or something I mean they they just they they're just not a they're just not I don't I don't think they're a threat and I don't think and the Dolphins while they're definitely not the same team without Tua I, I think they can be a they can be a threat you referred to last year that might be, you know that. People say, okay, definitely not the same team without Tua as with Tua. Yeah. And then also, you know, lost in the playoffs close with, you know, third string quarterback on the road. I mean, um, hey, I mean, you can flip it. Yeah, you know, so, I, know, I don't want to get too, too deep in the weeds, but you can flip right. it. You can say, hey, the Ravens so, were, you know, a turnover away from, you know, upsetting the Bengals with their second stream quarterback. So, I mean, again, it's it's tough. It's 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 that that word is so subjective value. Um, you know, you can you can go off counting stats, you can go off film, you can go off advanced analytics. It's, it's so hard, which makes it which makes it all the more interesting to kind of debate and and look into. Um, but. We we both agree that one way or another it will be decided these next two weeks. It will could be well obviously decided, yeah, it will be decided one way or another these two weeks. Um, this Sunday's game um, will have a big uh, deciding uh, factor in that, as well as as we said before, um, the AFC's number one seed again. Like I said earlier um, in the pod, um, the Dolphins or the Ravens, I should say, can clinch officially clinch the AFC's number one seed with a win. Um, the Dolphins, uh, with a win, would tie the Ravens, have the tiebreaker edge, and be in a position uh, to wrap up the number one seed with the win against the Bills in Week 18. This is a very, very, very interesting matchup. Um, we all remember Week Two. So, so yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, so, so we we want to get around to predicting this purple shirt boy. <laughs> okay, so so we all remember week two. Remember, remember uh-huh. week two of last year. It was really maybe like called the game of the year. Um, really a defining moment for Tua and kind of the early Mike McDaniel era. They go down twenty-one points entering the fourth quarter. Um, a big comeback, a forty-two to thirty-eight win, career-high six touchdowns for Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I was watching a little bit of that game earlier. Um, those the teams just look so much more different from back then. There's like been a lot of change. The offense is for both of these teams has evolved. Um, I think obviously the Dolphins' defense uh, has completely changed from what they were uh, in the last matchup. The Ravens' defense is a lot better. Uh, we're not seeing those busted coverages and some of those mistakes that we saw in that matchup. Um, I think, and, and it's kind of it's kind of basic. It's kind of it's kind of cliche. I think it comes down to the trenches once again. Um, watching, uh, watching the Monday night game between the Ravens and the 49ers, Um I, I think that obviously some of the interceptions we saw from Brock Purdy were a little kind of fluky and kind of lucky from in terms of the Ravens. Um, and I think that 
probably going to see a little bit, little bit of regression. I don't think we're going to see five turnovers uh, from the Dolphins. Um, but you, you do see a defense for the Ravens that makes you work for everything. I mean, they 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 were kind of talking about it after the game. You know, pe teams want to do a lot of motion and all this stuff before the snap and a lot of window dressing. He's like, we don't care about that. You know, like they're they're built on physicality. Uh, they're about kind of imposing their will. Uh, but I think that they did a really good job um, against the 49ers um, of just giving Brock Purdy different looks, you know, like before the snap and after the snap. Um, and I think that that's something that they did have success with um, in the week two matchup. Um, so I'm really interested to see, you know, again, the Dolphins offense has evolved so much before then. I mean, obviously they're, they're one of the top rushing offenses in the NFL, um, you know, have Mostert still there, but you have Etan now who adds a uh, different element. We haven't really seen him um, be in his first half of the year form, but I think there's an opportunity um, against this Ravens defense to maybe break out a little bit. Um, obviously the, the key injury that we're going to be monitoring this week is Jalen Waddle, who had a really big game uh, last year in week two. He caught the game when he touched down. Um, it looks like he has a high ankle sprain. Mike McDaniel said it's a high yeah. ankle injury. Um, he said he's optimistic that Waddle would play, but I mean, just the nature of a high ankle sprain and the way that they've handled injuries, I'm kind of leaning that he doesn't play yeah. but you know on the raven side they have a very notable injury uh with say with their who i think is an all pro first team all pro safety and kyle hamilton he's dealing with a knee injury too he had to leave that game um if he can't play i mean that changes up a lot of us he can he can kind of do everything uh for the dolphins you know in terms of i mean excuse me, for the ravens in terms of covering uh guys and playing the playing against the run um We'll let you get in real quick. I know I'm going a lot in uh, more, <laughs> more so than usual. Um, just just having my previous knowledge of the team covering the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what do you think about that first matchup, the Dolphins' offense against the Ravens' defense? I think I think well, uh, I see a lot of big plays both ways, and uh, the Ravens did have a pretty good day game against a team that runs a similar offense to the Dolphins. I don't know that, and I think San Francisco's a Tad more physical team the Dolphins are, so they were uh, able to they were able to run the ball a little bit. I, I don't know why they and, didn't lean on it more, but when they tried to run with Christian McCaffrey, they had some success. So I mean, I think that's something and, that the Dolphins could exploit. So uh, you know, but I think the Dolphins are just I think they they're they're too dangerous a team to not nick you at some point and not and not not get you with something at some point. Uh, and you know, I think on the other on the other side of the ball. Uh, I don't the rave you know the Ravens have some guys that they you know obviously they've got Beckham they've got uh Zay, Zay who can hurt you and, and make and make bigger plays and I just see that if I see the Dolphins being able to cover them a little better than the being able to handle them a little better than the Raven I see the Ravens handling the Dolphins receivers <sighs> Tough call, but I uh, myself, I'm going to go with. I'll stick with the home team on this, even though it looks, even though I give the slight edge to the Dolphins, I think. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with the home team on this one, uh, just because that home field advantage. You you know, you always get a couple extra calls. Um, you know, I think, you know, just easier to operate. So. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Ugh. Yeah, I mean uh, 28, 24. 28, 24. Okay, it's kind of online, but what I was thinking, I think the Dolphins, I think the Ravens right now are about 
three and a half, four point favorites. Um, definitely a little bit of boost after that dominant win on Monday night. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take the home team. Um, I, I I do agree with you that I think that. Well, the last thing I'll say on the Dolphins' offense against the the Ravens' defense is that um, in the past month, the Dolphins have faced Shanahan-style off, uh, offenses twice um, and facing not only the 49ers, but the Rams a couple weeks back. Um, the Ravens did come away with a very tight win um, in overtime against the Rams. Uh, but Sean McVay and Matt Stafford were able to kind of find some success late in that game. So I do wonder, you know, if you know he's looking at a little extra film of the Rams game to say, say – to see like, okay, like what do they do that we can kind of um, replicate? Um, I, I do agree with you that the Dolphins defense is better suited to stop the Ravens offense than the Ravens defense is suited to stop the Dolphins offense. However, you know, we mentioned that, you know, that second play with Lamar Jackson, the off script stuff. Um, and, you know, we, you mentioned like dual threat quarterbacks give every, all teams issues. But if you do kind of look at the trend over this season with the Dolphins defense, whether it's Josh Allen, uh, whether it's uh, Jalen Hurts, um, Patrick Mahomes, maybe not to an extent because I thought that they had a really good game against him in Germany. Um, but they, a lot of the, like they they played well, you know, the first you know ten sec, first five seconds of the play. But then when they start to extend, you have some issues. Um, I think that could be an issue for them. I think I, I do like their team speed, um, but I think that that could be an issue. I'm, I'm really interested to see how well the Dolphins defense um, just contains like the the natural, like the the not the quarterback runs and scrambles, but just like the design runs uh, with the with the running backs. Um, because if you can force them into a position where you're throwing a lot, you know, Lamar has made advances as as a passer this season. Um, but again, I think that the secondary um, and the defensive line matchup. Uh, favors the Dolphins a little bit more. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be tough. Um, both teams coming off of like, you know, very emotional, very big wins. Um, the Ravens are on a short week, but at home, you know, the Dolphins, you know, they, they prove that they can, you know, they can win at home, but on the road when things aren't going your way, can they weather the storm? I think it's a little, I think, I think it's a, it's going to be a little too tough. Um, and, and I'm kind of assuming that Waddle won't play. If Waddle's not in the lineup, that takes up a lot because, um, they were given they were given the Ravens like the combination of those guys were giving the Ravens a lot of trouble in that week two game. If if he can't play, uh, if Waddle can't play, the way that the Ravens defense is playing right now, I think it's going to be a little bit tough with just Tyreek. They're going to have each hand. They're going to have Mostert. I think it'll be a little bit tough. Um, I think that you know they come just a little bit short. I'm taking Ravens 27, uh, 24 in this matchup. Oh well, we're we're in the same definitely in the same neighborhood. Um, to the dismay, to the dismay, and the chagrin of Dolphins fans. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, they'll get over it. Oh um, man, your hey, your email won't be flooded with messages. Why? My email why? They, my, 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 they, my email is real easy to find. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, direct, I all your, direct, direct all your frustration at David Neal, not me. Don't email D, D at MiamiHerald.com. There we go. Not hard to find. Okay. <laughs> And, and 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 let the let the record show. I'm wearing a Rod Bender shirt. He's wearing the, the purple shirt. Uh, you know, I don't know. He's left over from his Ravens. Uh, over from his Ravens days. Um, uh, nah. But you know, I, it can what, go what do we way. Know? If the Dolphins, if, yeah. the Dolphins <laughs> if the Dolphins win this game, I would I would not be surprised at all if the Dolphins win the game because I do think that. Um, yeah. they're, they're showing a little more texture to them, a little more substance to them than I think that right. a team people have thought of them. I think it can go either way. Um, but I mean, this is 
I kind of view this as like an elimination game of sorts. Not not in this. Obviously, like you know, you're, the Dolphins are still going to go to the playoffs. Ravens are going to be in the playoffs. These teams could very well meet later on. Um, but just I kind of view it as an elimination game in the sense of like I, I really do feel that the way the AFC is, you know, the landscape of the AFC this year, I feel like whoever gets home field advantage is going to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Which is why I said like this this more or less is an elimination game. Um, if you, you know. With the win, uh, the Dolphins would also be assured of a top two seed in the AFC. So even if they lose in Week 18, um, excuse me, even if they, uh, you know, they win Week 17, lose Week 18, you know, they'd still be in position to get a two seed, potentially host two games before conference championship. But I really, I've said it before. I think if the Dolphins get home field advantage, you know, they're 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 they obviously have an easier path to the Super Bowl, and I think that they will make it. Um, so this is kind of one of those like elimination type games for me where, you know, it really could change the trajectory of your season. Um, and, and I think that they're going to be ready for it. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they come away with a win. Cause I do think that, um, that it is that close. Like, these teams are that even. Yeah. yeah, obviously we, we both picked a close game, a close one score game that, you know, with a couple turnovers goes completely the other way. Yeah. And um, so, We'll it's uh again Let's... game game of the week game of the year. I'm very glad they did not flex it. So you know, <laughs> at the 1 p.m. kickoff, get to you know everybody can enjoy uh their New Year's Eve uh with their family the party. <laughs> I'm not partying, but you know at least you don't have to spend spend uh New Year's. Oh, yeah. Black. So it's definitely gonna be a fun game. I'm excited for it. Excited to head back to Baltimore uh to witness uh what may decide the AFC's. Uh, number one seed. Um, but that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in that podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Um, reminders to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, the Dolphins there you go. back at it in preparation for the Ravens on Wednesday. We're going to have Mike McDaniel talking. We're going to have Tour Talking about Lua talking, uh, as well as other players. Uh, so definitely stay locked to the Miami Herald for your latest updates. Definitely uh, given the injury situation, uh, with Jalen Waddle and others, definitely want to make sure um, you're staying locked with us to get your latest updates. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be back in 2024 uh, to recap another week, uh, another weekend of Dolphins football. But until then, you guys take care and Happy New Year. See you.